0: This is Leadership in Action, and I'm Casey Cheshire. Join me as we delve deep into the passions, expertise, and experiences of Boston-area innovators. Sponsored by the Boston chapter of the Entrepreneurs' Organization. This is Leadership in Action. There it is. We are on fire. We are going. This is moving. The train has left the station. I am stoked for today's guest. He is an entrepreneur. He's an attorney, a speaker instructor, a podcaster, and a friend, real estate and a state law pro, principal at Stiles Law, director of special operations at Secura Title, and assistant regional manager at Dunder Mifflin. Mark Stiles, welcome to the show.
1: <laughs> Glad to be here, Casey.
0: Absolutely, man. A little bit of law, a little bit of paper sales.
1: That's right. That's right. You <laughs> not, you, you must have seen my Facebook uh, profile.
0: hundred percent, man. Yeah, yeah you got to live a little, right? Got to have some fun.
1: It's funny uh, how few people pick up on that.
0: Oh, 100%. You know, I even got uh, t-shirts uh, that say Dunder Mifflin, uh, Nashua division, because that's where I live. Oh, so cool. we have a Nashua shirts for the field day. Uh, but, but I digress. Enough about me. I want to pass this over to you. We've got your expertise here for just a little bit of time. So I want to go ahead and start the show off the way we start every show by asking you that question. What is a common misconception about leadership or being an entrepreneur?
1: You know... It's a great question, Casey, and I've heard a lot of awesome, awesome answers from your guests. But what I would like to point out to all of your listeners is that not all attorneys are jerks. Not all attorneys are obstructionists. And although most of us are technicians, not so much entrepreneurial as I am, but they're technicians. But that being said, you get to choose. You get to choose your attorney and you want to match that attorney with your personality type because depending on what you're doing, you may be with that person for a long time. And a lot of times people get steamrolled into a situation and they're working with somebody that they do not mix well with. And that's not a good relationship, especially for the entrepreneurs who are consistently working with someone. And what I always encourage people to do is get a solid referral. Somebody who's in your seat, who's done what you've done and has needed the services that you need to get that solid referral and connect with that person but interview that person you know do you connect you know and one of the things i really want to point out is that all attorneys are not the same right everybody is niche now there are no general practitioners so the folks that when you were starting up and set up your llc they are not the attorney more than likely that's going to be helping you sell your business. Maybe if it's a small mom and pop, but if your, you know, private equity is coming in or MA, you're going to need a, a specialist, an MA specialist. Same as if, you know, you're buying a home. That's not going to be the same person that's going to dissolve your marriage if that's what's
0: happening. And um, you know. What's interesting that they're, they're so niche now, but I, I want to hold on to I want to get to that in a second. Just real quick, back to your original smash, which I, I love. We haven't talked about this. Uh, not all attorneys are jerks. How does this happen? Why, why is this a, such a, a common perception? You know, because
1: most of what, first of all, was seen on TV, but also yeah. in reality, a lot of attorneys are litigators. And when there's a litigator, there's a side, right? And it's not conciliatory. It is adversarial and when it's adversarial that sometimes bleeds into the human right so they live their job and their job becomes them so they do become salty and 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 adversarial and difficult to be around and challenging personality wise now again they're technicians for the most part attorneys are technicians so they have a job they're going to they have a puzzle they're going to finish the puzzle they're going to fix it but There are a lot of amazing human beings in this profession. And with a little bit of due diligence, a little bit of solid referrals, you can find them and they are amazing partners for you. So I'm I'm assuming some of your listeners, many of your listeners are listening and saying, oh, I got the, I got the perfect attorney. I love my attorney. That is what we're talking about. So what I want to smash is the people who hesitate right? So they're going to maybe do it yourself to avoid the aggravation of dealing with an attorney or uh, uh, or dealing with the f- perceived fees associated with having an attorney do things for you. They are so necessary, um, so purposeful, but do your due diligence, interview, connect, own that process, right? You don't have to be thrown into a process own the process of of who you're going to be partnering with because again they're going to help protect you more than anything um but they're going to help build your business so they become a partner with you if if you choose correctly
0: yeah and it sounds like the time to do that is before you actually need it
1: it's always better it's always better to be proactive right that's one of our radio radio slogans it's always better to be proactive so you're not forced to be reactive, you know, playing on Stephen Pevy's seven habits, uh, habit number one, be proactive, but yes, before you need it. But most often that's where the rubber hits the road, right? That's where the stigma comes from is that people are being reactive and they're desperate and they grab the life vest and they're like, they feel as though maybe they were taken advantage of, or they weren't, uh, Valued as as a customer and being proactive, you know, getting out in front of that scenario, obviously, you know that that benefits in the long run.
0: Well, uh, totally. Now, I, I have something to throw at you because I I've I've, I've my limited experience, I've I, I've seen different kinds, and and I've always kind of wanted what I didn't have. Uh, I I've worked with some attorneys who, when the shit hits the fan. They're like everyone, stay calm. Let's see what we can do. Let's try to, you know, avoid conflict. Let's—I don't say not win, but let's let's see if we can all win together. And then sometimes, it, it this has always been sort of the, the opposing side. I I felt the the insanity. Like someone just literally came out of a mental institution. They were sending us the craziest shit ever. And I was always in my mind thinking like. I would just love to have one of those like pit bulls on my team for once and not be on the receiving end where my attorney's like, all right, well, they sound a little crazy, but let's let's be uh, like, I kind of want someone to fight for me, too. But, you know, depending on what I feel. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Depending on what you need, right? If you're in litigation, you need a pit bull. But but what I always hedge on is to make sure that you're not working with someone that and this, you find this a lot in um, family law, in divorce, where they may stir something up unnecessarily, right? To create billables. Maybe at a civil litigation, there's a battle between two companies and, you know, they, <laughs> they live on time, right? So the more time that they can bill, the more money they make. So sometimes that can be a bad thing for the consumer right where if you have and this is where you want to interview people in advance if you have that conciliatory mindset that settlement mindset that yes you know not everyone's going to be happy but we're all going to be equally unhappy maybe uh, you know that's the definition of a good settlement both parties are equally unhappy really yeah <laughs> yeah but you know how unhappy are you going to be right cuz if you you know it's it's like any good negotiation if if someone wins, then it's not a good result because it simply doesn't work in the grand scheme of things and folks need to work together. And, you know, when those pit bulls come out, you know, you got to fight fire with fire. There's no question about it, but if you can get to a settlement, then you win. Because when litigation drags out, the only winners are the attorneys.
0: Yeah. See, that's where I was kind of going with that. Sometimes I get the sense that, you know, those calmer like settler type folks probably have a point that this is just a massive distraction, especially for the smaller claims. Like, look, this is just a distraction. What are you going to take this? You're going to take this to a a trial. Like, no, is it worth a hundred grand to you? No. So it's best just to move on. But sometimes you just want to not get taken advantage of it by some crazy you know, mouthy attorney. One of these yeah. days, I'm just going to, I'm just going to allocate money. <laughs> so that when that request comes in, I'm like, all right, let's go to court. Let's, let's go to actual trial. Let's have a jury trial. I uh, hope you're ready to pay for it.
1: <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. But you have to be careful with that, right? As a, especially as a business owner yeah, and yeah. individual, anything, right? That expense associated with that is so unnecessary sometimes. Right. And sometimes you feel like you're, paving in, right? By settling, you're conceding early, or maybe you feel like the other person got over on you. But at the end of the day, if you can eliminate that emotional drag, because that's what litigation becomes, right? All of a sudden, ding dong, there's the sheriff, you know, serving with another deposition, another couple of days that we've got to go into the conference room and answer these mundane questions. If you can eliminate that, as a business owner, I mean, you're cutting costs, right? And at the end of the day, that's where your bottom line comes from. So, you know, we always encourage conciliatory and settlement and, you know, smiles, you know, as opposed to the litigation. It's, it's <laughs> yes, necessary in certain circumstances, but the quicker you can get to a settlement, the better.
0: Yeah. That's tough. That's mm. tough, right? Because, Aren't you then kind of eating something at that point?
1: (laughs) You know, you feel like it, but if you play it out, you're probably biting your arm off at your wrist versus your elbow, right? So the costs add up, the time, and what people don't really factor in is the energy drain, right? Litigation will have you up at night, staring at the ceiling, what's next? Am I going to get through this? Is this going to cripple my business? And, you know, these threats that get thrown around, I mean, they throw nuclear bombs to the scorched earth that goes on in litigation, which is why I don't practice in it, by the way. I'm a specifically a transactional person for that reason because I can't stomach it. I don't like it. It's not, it doesn't fit in my personality type. Um, But, there are litigators that I've dealt with, you know, cause obviously, you know, in the practice, you're going to deal with litigators that are really professional settlement attorneys and it's not, and they do it in a way that is not weak, you know, it's mm. with strength and it's with honor where they say, you know, they lay it out like, this is what's going to happen. You know, I suggest we find the middle, you know?
0: Yeah. So, so, and this is helpful, right? Because you're, you're hearing there's different kinds that, you know, to your point, they're not all jerks and you need to find the one that fits the right style. And it sounds like, you know, the ones that are recommending this type of approach, probably a little smarter, a little wiser, or maybe not, they don't need that extra four hour billable. They're all set. You know, they're not in it for that extra couple. Um, yeah.
1: And they see the futility in it.
0: Right. Right.
1: You know? They see the futility. They want to close the file. They want to move on to something more positive and And, you know, because what a lot of folks are doing is they need to protect you, right? So if you do a good job with the transaction in advance, then, you know, you'll avoid a lot of litigation. So a lot of those folks do both and they move on and they, you know, let's do something that is enjoyable. And we're helping these people build their business. But again, there's a need for everything. And when The litigation hits you want to you want to arm yourself but always 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 be uh focused on settlement always Mm. you know even if you want a pound of flesh it is an emotional trigger that you want to avoid
0: Mm -hmm. i've always found too that you know if you try to play the crazy game with people even if you're pretending to be crazy there are really crazy people who will who will continue that escalation and they're, you know, and so, Oh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to have a crazy response back at them. And then they like triple down on the crazy. <laughs> You're like, Oh, wow. This really is a crazy person. I should probably watch out.
1: Yeah. 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 Cause they're going to, they're going to pull you into the mud, you know, yeah. the ones that like to play in the mud are the pigs, you know, so be careful getting into that mud, you know, because it can go on for a very, very long time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now you, you had mentioned that everyone has a niche now. It's not these general practices are are a thing of the past, and and you really want to find someone with a specialty in a particular area. Should you be collecting a whole harem of of attorneys? Do you need a whole 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 gaggle in you your know, back pocket? It,
1: it's a, that's a very good question. Now there are law firms that have um, different practices within. You know, the big bigger firms have multiple practice areas. Um, and they have uh, specialists within. So, um, you know, it's 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 an interesting question because we talk about the consumer a lot um, in my practice, and we always say that the consumer needs to surround themselves with a team, you know, a wealth table, if you will, or a a core group of prof- professionals where they have you know, a financial advisor, a CPA, they have, you know, a title attorney, they have the real estate agent, the mortgage professional, insurance agent, where they can count on those people. Depending on your business, that's the same thing. A lot of businesses will have an in-house attorney who's gonna identify who they are. We like to be the in-house attorney for the consumer. I mean, we could refer solid, solid human beings in any situation. Um, but you're right. The the old days of, um, you know, Mark Styles' attorney law at, on Main Street and downtown does everything. It doesn't happen anymore. There's too much risk. It's too fast moving now, too. I mean, you know, with the advent of the Internet, you know, and, you know, where everything used to take three or four days, you would mail people things. You had the time to do the research. You had the time to work through these different uh, facets, but now everything moves so quickly. You really have to niche and otherwise you're risking committing malpractice because, you know, you can't know it all. You really cannot.
0: Yeah. Um, so, so who do you recommend? Are there a certain number of attorneys that should you have coverage on, like, make sure you have a family, make sure you have an estate or. Or do you just kind of go with the situation you need, like have a, have a business attorney and then ask for referrals?
1: Well, you definitely want to have somebody that can point you in the right direction for when you need it. Again, depending on your business, um, you know, you're know you going to want to have a business attorney who can help you as things come up, right? Transactions, contracts, uh, relationships, uh, collection, what have you. As an individual, you absolutely want to have an estate planning attorney, uh, a real estate attorney. Um, but again, depending on the, you know, do you need a a family law attorney? You know, not unless you need a family law attorney, but Mm. you want to make sure that one of your relationships can introduce you to one that works for you. Right. Because again, if you want to scorch earth in a divorce situation, there are plenty of them out there that'll do it and just drag your partner through the mud. Same with any form of litigation. Um, But if you are introduced to somebody that is like-minded as you, then, then you are good to go. But um, to answer your question, you know, do you need a gaggle, a team of attorneys, you know, depending on the size of your company, You know, having an in-house general counsel is the way to go because that person becomes, you know, the general contractor, if you will. They're the ones who they'll handle certain things in, in the space, you know, hopefully they're very, very well versed in your industry, but when other things are needed, they are the ones who are going to pull those people. That's your referral source is your, is your in-house attorney. Okay. But again, they can't do everything. You know, a lot of it are jobs to manage and organize and, and, uh, and work with the quote subcontractors, right. The other attorneys.
0: Right. And no, no, when to pull someone in. Yeah. For different parts. Okay. And then a couple of things you also mentioned, uh, you, you kept mentioning that the, the, a lot of attorneys are, are technicians. Is there, is there something to that? Uh, should we be, a, that we should be aware of? What do you mean by that? Well,
1: so when you're talking to an entrepreneur who's talking to a technician, right? So I use the term technician. It's from the e right? Yeah. Have the find, finder, minder, grinder. Um, you know, they're the grinder. They're the ones who would take the puzzle and piece it together. And when you're dealing with a finder, sometimes, you know, you need to tread cautiously because those personality types, you know, whether it's um, Myers-Briggs or DISC or whatever it is that you use, more than likely you're gonna be on opposite ends of that spectrum. So, you know, the communication uh, is important. And again, you wanna lead that process, right? Because again, they're the servant, you're the master when it comes to a relationship with your attorney, right? Cause you're the client, you're the one who should be owning that process and how it goes, but you know, how that communication goes is very important. And, you know, when you're dealing with a technician and somebody else is not a technician, then you're going to inevitably have communication breakdowns. And that's where a lot of, you know, the misconceptions come from too, is that they simply aren't as communicative as, you know, your fellow entrepreneurs are.
0: Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. EMyth is a good book, isn't it? That's awesome. classic.
1: One of my favorites.
0: Quick question around contracts, I, I get the sense that, you know, just an ounce of effort and fine tuned work on a contract can really save you from all the craziness we were just talking about with litigation and the threats and all that, because it was just clearly spelled out. Um, do you have a particular approach to those a particular style and and related to that? Do you like that sort of common English, like readable contract or is it like nope let's make it as legal as possible is there a balance between the two what's your take
1: yeah so the great question and again it always depends on what we're talking about right but having the time spent in advance right being proactive with those contracts is always beneficial um you know a comma a misplaced comma can can cause significant problems. really even a comma? yeah yep but to answer your question, so a lot of the, tr- a lot of the contracts that we're working on is a, your, your form purchase and sale agreement and my style is fairness and equity, right? Both parties want the same thing, right? So we don't need an obstructionist. A buyer wants to buy, a seller wants to sell you know, they have come to terms, let's paper it up as fairly as possible. Let's not try to get over on somebody. Let's not try to, you know, slip one in, Yeah. Uh, you know, let's, let's bring these parties together and consummate what their goal is, which is to, you know, transact the sale of a home or a, or a building or, or what have you. Um, I like it simple. Um, but regardless, people tend not to read them. So we're reviewing them with, with folks, regardless of how simplistic and clear the language is and the size of the font, it, 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 doesn't matter. But I, I have seen, um, in the business context, you know, the simplified bulleted approach. I personally like it. Uh, some of the colleagues that I have, uh, who are more granular will want more deep and they're probably right when it comes to the business context of things, because you don't want to leave any stone unturned because you don't want to end up in a litigious situation. Um, And, and you don't want the uh, client, you don't want to be doing too much do-it-yourself, right? There are some standard adhesive contracts that, you know, you're working with a a vendor or vendee that this is this is what we do we don't make any modifications you may want to have that reviewed to help understand and explain right um, what you're signing Um, but take the time to read them because (laughs) there there can be some punitive things in that document that you weren't aware of
0: Mm -hmm. yeah okay uh man makes sense a lot of great stuff here my next question is is a bit of a step to the to a different direction. Uh we've already talked about the e myth. Um are there any books like most recommended books that you have to put a shout? Yeah, with?
1: you know, I mentioned 7 Habits of Highly Effective People. I'm yep. sure most people have uh, have read that one, but w- for with respect to real estate, the one that I recommend all the time to people is Rich Dad Poor Dad uh, by Robert Kiyosaki. And that really triggered my desire to invest in real estate, which was one of the most important things I've done for my net worth and, um, and it really helped understand the process of how it works and the flow of money, really the psychology of money. There's, I don't think there's a better book that discusses psychology of money and passive income uh, than rich dad, poor dad. So I, I recommend that to all my real estate referral partners, our agents and lenders, as well as clients who are, asking those questions because we represent a lot of real estate investors also. And it's a, it's a really valuable book. I would highly recommend that one.
0: Yeah. Cool book. Actually, when I first heard about it, I read it in Barnes and Noble. Thanks guys. <laughs> and, and I actually couldn't even afford to buy it. So I just sort of like read it in the store. Um, cool. It was kind of, kind of a fun, but very impactful book. I totally agree. Um, real estate. I, I know I've talked to a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, a lot of CEOs that haven't quite done that, but a lot of our peer group and EO and other places are always talking about it. Do you have a recommended, I uh, read this book, but then how do you get into it? Maybe you, you've got some extra capital from your investments and you want to get into that, but it just seems like it's such a, it's its own world. And you're now the noob in that world. How do you get into that?
1: great question. It, you know, it depends on what asset class you want to get into, right? Um, you know, you're looking to get into Office or Flex or, you know, uh, Amazon one mile to the final location, or are you looking to buy a two-family. Um, and either way, it's uh, always the same. You got to start, right? One of, the, um, one of the things I like to say all the time is, you know, when people ask, when's the best time to buy real estate? I'm like, well, the best time to buy real estate is 10 years ago. Well, yeah. uh, oh, all right. I get it. Well, what's the second best time right now, right now, because it is such an awesome, tangible asset that, uh, you know, can generate income depending on how you buy it and typically appreciates in value, but to get involved, you know, you want to, uh, arm yourself with a team, right? A real estate attorney, real estate agent who is familiar with. Uh, real estate investment properties and a mortgage professional. Um, I never recommend people paying cash, you know, even in this scarce marketplace, uh, money is so cheap. Uh, it's, it's a great idea to, to utilize that and leverage that and work with a mortgage professional that understands the investment properties and how they're valued. Um, you know, based on rents and, and all that and be prepared for a second job because it's not super passive. Uh, unless you hire management, which I do recommend, um, and it will bite into your bottom line, but having a good manager who is screening tenants. And again, we're talking about the residential concept at this point, because I think that's the one that a lot of folks have appetites for. Um, they're screening your tenants and they're taking those phone calls. Cause one of the things that, you know, derail people from the, the dream of being a real estate investor is, well, I don't want to get that phone call at midnight that the toilet is clogged and everybody says the same thing, but it really never happens. Most often, if you treat your tenant like a customer, they're going to respect your time. And if their toilet clogs at midnight, they're going to call you at 830 in the morning. They're not going to call you at midnight, but if you have a manager, then they're going to call them and then that person will hire the plumber and send you the invoice and cost to do in business. And hopefully you've analyzed the numbers correctly that you're still cash flowing positive. but there's so much you can do when you become a real estate investor. I always encourage people to do it, you know, but it's not for everybody. It is a, it's it's a risky feeling, but yet it's not a risky proposition.
0: Hmm. What do you mean by that?
1: If you do it correctly, you're going to be fine. Hmm. You know, keeping in mind, you know, 2006, 2007, you weren't doing it correctly, right? You were you were leveraging off of subprime, over-leveraged. Yeah, yeah, overvalued, over leveraged, you know, not prepared, not, you know, uh, prepared for any downside here. You have to have skin in the game. The values aren't going to drop like they did, even if there's a correction in the real estate market. Again, we're talking, uh, first quarter 2022 here. Um, even if interest rates spike up, even if, you know, the demand starts to, uh, temper and there's a correction, it's nothing like what we're going to see because there's still a massive demand for real estate, but there's also a, a massive amount of, um, of funding inside the real estate, right? Because of the, because of the crash, there was a requirement that a, a, a significant amount of money had to be invested into each deal where, you know, negative amounts of money were, were invested into deals back in 06, yeah. 07. So, i encourage people to do it we have a youtube channel it's a a direct to consumer type of faq yeah um at styles law and and we have three or four videos about real estate investing specifically the do's the don'ts and uh and and at the end of the day the conclusion always is if you want to do it you have to start you simply
0: have to start right you can research it all day but what's the best is there a best asset class property to start with
1: uh-huh. You know, depending on your situation, I believe the best asset class is for somebody who needs a place to live to buy a multifamily. So uh, if
0: you do, you're, you're in it and you're, you've got at least one tenant paying yeah, the mortgage.
1: You're living in one and you're, you're collecting rent in another. So you're hedging and it's a really good way to get started. Um, but right now, you know, the way the demand is, I mean, all asset classes are really, really strong, you know, single families, condos two, three, fours um, and then you go into the commercial space, which is a whole nother world where, you know, you can get involved in private equity and REITs and investments trusts and such. But um, when you're talking about, you know, creating housing for people, um, there's a huge demand for it right now. And um, you know, you're going to get the rents. So you're not going to have vacancies. And if you do a good job screening the human beings and, and treat them well, then, they're going to pay down your mortgage and, and, uh, and give you that passive income that you're looking for.
0: Nice. Nice. Living the dream. Living the dream. Well, Mark, you know, my next question really is like, who are you? How, how have you acquired all this information? Can you take me back in time to like little Mark days? Did you always know you're going to be an attorney? And nope. Rocking the property world?
1: Nope. Didn't know that at all. I went to uh, our state university at Amherst, uh, okay. UMass and was in the sport management department. I thought, uh, yeah, before Jerry Maguire, I was gonna be Jerry Maguire. It was, uh, (laughs) I I remember my junior high school, I did a a report on Bob Wolf. He represented Carl Yastrzemski and Larry Bird. And that was really really something that I was uh, interested in. And then um, I graduated and went on to law school, right? Thinking that that was gonna be uh, necessary to be an agent. Um, you know, started the sport law foundation at, at, at the law school and, you know, created all of that. Um, but then as I, gra- when I graduated, I realized there's a requirement of funding, a, a large amount of funding. And I had been, you know, destitute for the last seven years and I was going to continue to be destitute. So funding to obtain these clients was going to be challenging. So I jumped into, cr- um, criminal law. That was my, my first quote passion. Um, and I started out on my own. So the true entrepreneurial spirit, you know, graduated, went cross country. I'm sorry. Graduated, took the bar exam, went cross country, came back with my passing certificate and, uh, realized, uh, not employable, you know, whether, uh, whether it was because of me or because they didn't want me. Um, I, uh, I chose not to have a boss. So I said, you know what, I'm going to do this. So I, I called as I was doing, um, I was, I was doing my cross country venturing. I was calling attorneys who were, who were, um, offering office space. So I was calling them up and saying, okay, Hey, you're, you're looking for 600 bucks a month for this office. What if I were to pay you 200 bucks a month and do, you know, two hours a week on, on your stuff, uh, and no, okay, that's fine. Do you know anybody who might be interested in this call? Boom, boom, boom passed along. And. Found my way to a gentleman, really awesome guy who had um, recently unsuccessfully ran for state senate. So I'm like, this is going to be great, this is going to be awesome. He's you know going to be influential. There'll be people in and out of here. There'll be plenty of business. Um, so I went in and with him, and he's like, yeah, I'm t- totally down with it. We have an overflow of business. You know, we'll we'll keep you alive. And within a month, he said, hey, here are the keys, here's the bill for the phone. I'm going to work for the district attorney's office. I'm like. Oh, all right, cool. All right, let's do it. Uh, so, market wasn't great. It was 1995. Um, but so a lot of attorneys were trying to get on the lawyer of the day list for for criminal law.
0: Hmm.
1: And being a young buck, I was at the end of the line. But I continued to show up uh, day after day, sitting in their office, saying, "I'm going to be good at this. I'm going to be great at this. I want to do this. You know, let me let me in." And they let me in. And I did that for a couple of years. Wait,
0: what is that lawyer of the day?
1: Uh, yeah, lawyer of the day. So, as uh, so when you go into a courthouse and somebody's charged with a crime and they've been interviewed as uh, destitute, then the state will pay for their legal defense because everybody uh, needs to have
0: the is it like a court ordered or a court appointed defender? Court
1: kind of appointed. Thing? That's exactly what it is. Okay. A Court appointed attorney. So, you know, I'd sit there, I'd be the lawyer of the day. I remember, uh, Kingham district court, uh, Tuesdays, I'd be sitting in first session and, you know, someone be arraigned for drink, drinking and driving OUI or assault and battery at a, at a bar down the road or what have you, you know, small district court stuff and attorney styles, uh, would you like to introduce yourself and interview this client? Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna appoint him to you. So you would have this, uh, you would have this lit, you know, a. a um, a bunch of files going at once. And, um, and you work your way through it. Right. And you got a lot of trials. We had a lot of trials. I had, uh, some really, really exciting jury trials, uh, as a very young person. I mean, I was 25 years old at the time, 26 years old. And then, um, and I did a lot of juvenile work, which was really rewarding. I really enjoyed that, but I, I met a real estate, uh, mortgage professional and, um, he introduced me to the concept of doing real estate closings, and that was very appealing. Especially when he pulled out the calculator and showed me how much I could make on each transaction. Now it's not a tremendous amount of money, but again, 27 years old at this time, you know, barely making it. You know, paying rent and doing what I'm doing. And I remember being on the telephone um, doing the billing. You used to have to bill to the state through the telephone. So I did 12 hours on this file. Oh yeah, it was, it was classic stuff. This was this was back in. You know, 1997, 98. um, and then I remember, you know, straddling, right? So you're trying to do both, right? And I would go to the payphone and check my messages at the office in between the session. And I remember, very, this was a very um, busy loan officer, so you know, he kept us very busy, and I would hear the voicemail. Why is my attorney in court? You know, because <laughs> closing attorneys, you know, they. They shan't be in court because if they're in court, then they're not uh, taking care of the business that, you know, the the real estate professionals need them to. So, you know, I ended up um, getting rid of the uh, adult cases. I hung on to the juvenile because, again, it was rewarding and I enjoyed it. Well,
0: um, what was so rewarding about it for you?
1: I was doing good. I really felt as though the way they set up the juvenile court in Massachusetts, um, it, it, it's it's really, it's done really well because again, it's behind closed doors, you know, it's, um, confidential. And the goal is how do we make this person a good citizen by the time they're an adult? Um, and the judges were totally engaged with it. So, you know, we're working through, you know, probation through community services and, and doing things and talking to them. And I'm sharing books with them and, and trying to help understand what, you know, their home domain is, is like, and what's happening with them and seeing if, you know, how we can make their, their future a little better. But then I had a scenario where they were, you know, they were pushing me a little bit to, to do the more serious crimes. And I remember one specific one that, uh, it really rattled me. And I was like, this is it. I'm pulling the plug. I'm, this isn't going to be for me, you know, that definitely not the adults. and, this, there's going to be other people that, that can do this and, and, and help these juveniles because this, this specific crime was, uh, it, it, it hit me pretty hard. So I went all into
0: the the, the adults, they, they should have known better. And so it's almost like trying to reduce their punishment maybe, but then with the kids, for the most part, they just needed a dad or a big brother and they needed someone to be, have their back. Yeah. And, and, and i'm sure most of them kind of like well hopefully could straighten themselves out with this this experience but i'm sure you got some that were just like really messed up and yeah they, like, yeah like, psychologists
1: at this point you know Oh, like, well, they're those they were involved right so yeah. you know the adults you write it that wore off quick right there's the just folks that would come back and back and back and they simply weren't learning their lesson and they Like you said, they, they should have known better, but they chose to continue where the kids, it was a little bit different, right. It's depending on their upbringing and all of that. And, you know, you feel as though you were actually helping and you could see it and, you know, you would see their parents later on and, you know, Joey's doing great. And, you know, we owe a lot to you, you know, so it was rewarding. Um, But, you know, it didn't matter the age. Some of the crimes were, were, were pretty gnarly. Uh, so we went, we went full into to real estate, no matter how many people told me, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket we did. And we built it up and, you know, into the early two thousands and, you know, it, we had, we've had a, a good run and I have an amazing team currently. Um, I've always had a good team, but right now I have an amazing team and without them, you know, we don't do what we do, which is, you know, deliver value. We deliver an experience for people as opposed to simply a transaction and and we're sharing that through our our sister company secure title where where you know we're seeing a lot of folks that want to do real estate but having a tough time with the barrier to entry based on the fact that we had a mortgage meltdown right and mm-hmm. a lot of regulations came in and a lot of um barriers went up so somebody like myself wouldn't have had as easy a pass to get into real estate in 1998 as you would in 2018 so we are sharing our back office which is secure title which is who um, our entity is in both new hampshire and florida for title and escrow also but in here in massachusetts we offer that service so somebody who doesn't have the pen right so the title insurance pen which is the requirement to actually handle closings on behalf of a lender, we open our doors to them and say, listen, you have the relationships, you have the referral partners who are sending you business work with the client. And when that need is arise, send it to us and we'll, we'll do the back office work and we'll send it back to you and you'll still look like the hero. So that's been working out really well as well. So we're having some fun with that, sharing our, sharing our team out there.
0: That's yeah, that's powerful. That's great. You're able to address multiple areas, really help people. Uh curious though, do you ever miss that that ha- that helping of those uh those kids?
1: The juveniles I do, you know. Um, but we do a lot of charitable stuff here as Yeah, kind of next.
0: get that same
1: and I've coached. I never stopped coaching. Um, I was coaching back then, even without children in the inner city. Um, and I coach, you know, in our local towns and and you know, you get that it's not, these folks are not as in jams, but you know what, every zip code, every neighborhood has issues. So, you know, this, uh, suburban neighborhood that we may be in, there's still, you know, kids with issues and, you know, to be able to coach and, and help them to answer your question. Yes, I do. And, you know, someday maybe in the backside of the career, maybe I'll go back and, and do a little of that again because it was, it was very rewarding.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Well, my next question for you is a little bit of a hypothetical question because I may or may not have a time machine up here in Nashua, New Hampshire. Let's say I do, it's in the backyard, cover the tarp. You come up, you come visit, we get some beers, we go in the backyard and you get to use this time machine and it goes back in time, but it's a particular kind of time it goes back to. So it goes back to you Uh, Right after that after that sports management undergrad, right? You just got that. You're fresh-eyed, you know, right out of school. Haven't hit law school yet. And you get to meet that version of you. Um, And you can talk to yourself. You won't mess up the space-time continuum like the Flash does. You'll be all set, right? (laughs) What kind of things do you tell yourself? What kind of advice, recommendations?
1: You know, great question. Um, And we kind of talked about it. Um, Buy more real estate you know that at the end of the day when you get 510 grand make get put it to work get yourself more real estate because you know that was 25 almost 30 years ago you know those mortgages would be paid off you know those properties would probably have been exchanged through a 1031 exchange and and maximized from a little condo or two family to a you know eight twelve maybe a a, a flex industrial uh office building what have you uh, but that is what i would recommend and that's what i'm encouraging my kids to do buy real estate
0: all right there it is man that is good stuff uh would uh, would young mark listen to you
1: well it was scary uh, right, so it's still scary for a lot of people. Um, I think he would have, I think he would, he did because once he read uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, it was it was quick, it was kind of the, yeah, the the quick. switch the switch was quick, quick, so yeah. So I guess read that book earlier to get that switch flipped
0: 100%. This is great, man. Well, how about let's put a shout out? You have your own podcast, right? I do, called Where Can People Find It? So it's called. Elements
1: of styles. So my last name, S-C-I-L-E-S. So it's a play on that strunken white grammar book of elements of style. Um, right. Very different model than uh, most podcasts. It's it's a business development. So I I bring in uh, my referral partners to add value to their business. The idea is giving them a 30-minute commercial. Give them the opportunity to put their story out there. Kind of like what you're doing, you know? Um But, you know, I have no desire uh, to be Joe Rogan, although it would be fun and and news a lot right now. But, uh, (laughs) you know, mine is, you know, I I tell folks when we start, I'm looking at an acronym. I put it up there on the screen. Wait, why am I talking, right? Because I have a tendency to jump in and interrupt and take things down a different path. But I always tell them, you know, at the end of the day, 95% of the people, uh, the the listeners are going to hear you, 5% will hear me, right? That content is going to be you talking. So it may get awkward when I'm not saying anything, but you know, I'm going to be there shaking my head. I'm going to be encouraging you to keep going because we want to put that out to your database. We want to put it out to your social media to, so, you know, we want to put it in your signature email line that says, here's my story, you know, and we're going to tell it in a way that's going to allow people who it lands on their ears when they're on the treadmill or in the trails or what have you, and you're sleeping and they're getting to know you, love you and trust you. So they're going to call you and it's going to make that initial introduction, that initial meeting really smooth because they're going to know you. And it might feel weird, you know, when you first run it, encounter a person who's heard your story and you're talking to them. um, But it, it makes things really great. So yeah, so the podcast has been going great. You know, it gives me the opportunity to spend an hour with people who I don't get to see all that much. I mean, we do some business together, some it's pure prospecting, right? So, uh, you know, we're, we're in a prospecting and and hey, you know, have you ever thought about being on a podcast? So then I'm an hour with them and they're really, you know, they're, they're sharing, you know, our symbol is the share symbol from the, from the computer, you know, share your story. Give us, give us a nugget of of value and and tell everybody a little bit about it. And, um, it's been going well. It's fun. The people enjoy it. And I think it, it definitely strengthens the relationship that I have with those people.
0: Yeah. How long, how long have you been doing that?
1: Recorded our 60th episode recently. Congrats. Uh, Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So a little bit over a year. We're put, our attempt is to drop one every Tuesday,
0: every Tuesday, and, uh,
1: every Tuesday.
0: Gotta have that regular momentum. Yeah.
1: So, in order to do that, as you know, you got to do two a week, right? To in order because to, to give yourself some time. So,
0: make sure, yeah.
1: So, I do. I I I meet with uh, two or three people on a Tuesday, and then uh, one of the the um, edited and final versions drop on a Tuesday, and we put it out everywhere. Uh, you know, Apple uh, Podcasts, Spotify, um, Stitcher, uh, any, anywhere people consume podcasts, they can find elements of styles. And there's some really good ones, uh, you know, that you could see a theme, right? But I always encourage people, go go through the catalog. If you're looking for a, a professional, there's a cool one there and you're going to connect with one. And then I've got a couple, one of my mentors is on there and it went really deep. I thought we were going to talk about NFTs and all of a sudden we're talking about um, him and his um, his journey to go see all of his extended family and ask them, "What's it all about? What's it all about?" And uh, and it's really really quite entertaining. Good guy Gary Bloom, check that one out.
0: Gary Bloom, okay. Yeah, you know most podcasts don't go past like one and then ten episodes, so.
1: Yeah that's one thing we've tried to maintain a level of consistency same with the youtube Um, every week you know i'm going down into the studio and doing a a two-minute faq i always get the team around wednesday i'm like folks i don't know what to talk about today what do we i mean what are we doing what are we going to do so you know and it's this really simple faq you know somebody has a question about you know deeding their property into trust you know or what is a 1031 exchange or or what have you and again, we maintain a level of consistency, whether people are watching, you know, it's funny you get somebody who's like, I saw your video. I'm like, oh yeah. What'd you think? Well, I saw it. I didn't actually watch it, you know, but it's that consistency that, um, you know, front of mind. And we're doing some radio spots too, where we have a local radio that uh, we do commercials, but every Friday morning I go in and, and do what's called feel good Friday, feel good Friday with attorney Mark Styles of Styles law. And, and the segment is, um, you know, we've, we built it around COVID. So it started in COVID when people were really, you know, bumming out. And, and I thought, you know, I started advertising. I'm like, can I do a segment? And, you know, it started out as, you know, three, four minutes. And now every week it's like 17 minutes and wow. we have, I have a really cool relationship, you know, we're with the chemistry with the DJ. And, you know, so the first part of it is, you know, what are you feeling good about, you know, and usually I'm pumping a charity or I'm pumping something that's happening locally or, or, uh, or within the business and the team. Um, and then we do a frequently asked question. So a lot of times that, that question that the, that the listener has called in and asked, right. Quote unquote, um, or, uh, translated as I've given him the softball to ask me, um, becomes that same video on the weekend. So we have that level of, um, consistency and, and, um, economies of scale, if you will. But uh, yeah. it's been fun. You know, it's been a lot of fun. You know, the consumer direct is really challenging um, to get to people, um, you know, because most of our business is, is referral partners. We call them referral partners. So real estate uh, professionals, both real estate agents, brokers and and mortgage lenders. Is where the uh, vast majority of our business comes from. But every once in a while, I heard you on the radio. I really liked you. You know, I'm looking to sell my house, or I'm looking to do an estate plan, or what have you. Um, but to get to that end consumer is is challenging. So we're you know we're doing the best we can.
0: Yeah, I heard you on that EO Boston podcast, man.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So exactly. good on that one.
1: <laughs> well, he made me he made me sound good. That Casey, he's a real. He's a real good host. Best
0: host I've ever heard, you know. Right. Totally. Uh, yeah, present company except, of course.
1: <laughs> well, we're gonna have to do a pod swap. We'll get you on ours.
0: We'll have to have a pod battle. More like,
1: no, no, that's see. We're wait, going back wait, to the wait, beginning. Wait, let's go. We're going back to the beginning of the oh conversation. No <laughs> battles. We're all in this together. It's uh it's abundancy, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, perfect time. Where can people connect with you? Throw out, and you've mentioned different things, but throw out all the social platforms yeah all the urls websites all that
1: yeah great i appreciate that so uh the youtube um if you go onto the interweb and you dial up youtube uh styles law and it's styles law original we've got over 200 videos on there there's a couple other styles law nationwide but they're you know one two seven videos where we have our brand on there and uh, we're close to a thousand subscribers right now wow. yeah with 200 and something videos on there um, that's a great way because i always give the call to action at the end of those videos too but our website which we're refining but uh it, it is styles dot law.com it's a great way to get in touch with us phone is also a great way we have a concierge that puts you in touch with the right folks and can set it up, a call with me, 781-319-1900. And uh, Casey, like yourself, I love, love, love Calendly. So yeah. Calendly forward slash M Styles, S-T-I-L-E-S. I've already time blocked it. I've already got the uh,
0: wow.
1: the time set aside. That, that
0: is clever, my friend. Hopping right off a podcast, right under Calendly. You got some meetings booked right after a podcast. That's
1: that would be, it's, it's great. It's great. And you know what? You've already got the time block. So if you're not if you don't have a call scheduled, you're making calls, right? So it's, it's, I love Calendly. I, I was saying back in 2020, it was my favorite half of the year. And now it's still, it still is because, you know, people love it. And, 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 in, in my business, a lot of times you're dealing with partners, you know, maybe it's husband, wife, or, or business folks, and you have a conversation with one person and they're supposed to translate it to the other one. And then you end up having that conversation with Calendly. They're both ready, you know, and, and I say it right in my Um, the profile of my calendar. when you click it, it's like, I will call you, you know, so it's really clear. And they're sitting there with the purchase and sale agreement or whatever it is right there in front of them, ready with their questions and ready to go. And it's super efficient, so efficient. And they love it because they get to pick the time, right? They get to own the process coming back full circle on that as well.
0: Yeah, man. Good stuff. Lots of resources. I'm going to be checking out the YouTube channel. Cool. Get some insights on on real estate because I hear that advice, man. Get some property, get some things that you can pick up with your bare hands and, and you can plant some flowers on. That's your that's your place, that's your
1: Yeah, in. tangible assets. That's uh that's that's where I think people need to be going these days. But yeah, if you go to the YouTube channel, you, there's a in, in the search bar, you can search real estate investor. Or real estate investing and I think four or five videos pop up if you search estate planning you know five to ten videos pop up and uh which is really cool I didn't realize that until a couple months ago that you could actually search within our mm-hmm. our um our our page there
0: yeah that is cool um, it makes it like its own little unique searchable d- database knowledge base. Yes. yeah
1: and and I'm you know like anything right some a lot of times you know people will do a they'll have a campaign where they'll do one, to 10 videos and it doesn't work and they get frustrated and they stop. And, you know, this is like four years into it that we've been doing it and we're getting calls and there's traction yeah. behind it. You know, I saw your video, I Googled you or I Googled something and it popped up, you know, because Google and YouTube are together as one. But, you know, had I stopped at episode five or video number five, it, it would do nothing. And that's, that's the sustainability. And, and that's what we're, we're pushing it, you know, and it gets, it's challenging sometimes like, ah, do I want to do this today? No. Yes, I do. Yes, I do.
0: Man. Well, you got one more subscriber on YouTube and I'm sure a couple hundred more as well as, as listeners start hearing that. Great resource, great uh, direction on that. Thanks again for coming on here, man. That's This is great. I'm so glad we were able to do this.
1: Yeah, man. I really appreciate you inviting me to do this. Uh, I'm sure I'm a little bit different than many of your guests, but, uh, you know.
0: Only cooler. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, well, I'm sure, I'm, I'm doubting that many lawyers are on here because very few lawyers. You're the only one. to No need projectors. any more. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do want your listeners to um, take me up on this. If they are in search of a lawyer, call me, right? Because, you know, again, we're real estate and estate planning, but you may need a referral for something else. Depending on what type of person you're looking for, I can absolutely make an introduction. It'll save you time. I mean, no one's going to the yellow pages anymore. You know, you're going to go on Google and you maybe look at some reviews or what have you. And, but maybe you don't have that referral. You know, maybe somebody hasn't been in your shoes. You know, jump on a call with me. Let's talk it through and I'll I'll make that introduction. I would love to do that for your people.
0: Yeah. Love that. Love that. What, what was the number again?
1: 781 319 1900, also known as Calendly.com forward slash mstyles.
0: Awesome. And what we'll do is we'll put all of this information for those listening in this show notes. So you can cool. click on that phone number or that Calendly link or whatever, the YouTube link and, uh, and go get those resources. I love it. Oh, so, man, this has been great. For those people listening, if you learned something, and I freaking know you did because I literally have front and back notes over here. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, full page. Cool. So I've learned something. I mean, we talked all about some great concepts here. Um, technicians, the e-myth, choosing an attorney that fits your style and not settling and and being comfortable finding the right ones and asking for referrals like Mark was just talking about. And by all means, getting in those resources and, and scratching that real estate itch because it will pay off. And before you know it, 10 years will fly by and you'll be glad that you did 10 years. That's right. That's right. Um, so, man, Mark, thanks again, man. This has been-
1: Thank you, Casey. I really appreciate it.
0: All right, everyone. This has been another really cool episode of Leadership in Action. We'll catch you all next time. Leadership in Action is sponsored by the Boston Chapter of the Entrepreneurs Organization. As the world's only peer-to-peer network exclusively for entrepreneurs, EO helps transform the lives of those who transform the world.